Hello and welcome to Tech Center Tuesday, a series hosted by myself, Joel Heslop, exploring all Blue Ridge CTC has to offer, recorded in the podcast studio of the Tech Center. This podcast looks at Blue Ridge CTC's academic programs, student services, and the three colleges within the college. Listen in to hear about exciting happenings and events. Thanks for listening and let's get into it. So thankful to be here. This month is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. So we've got a special treat because none other than our own. Uh, we have Kay and Rob that are in here in the studio that are gonna talk a little bit about cybersecurity, some things about the programs that we have here and how you might be able to protect yourself online from the threats that they're gonna mention today. So you're gonna wanna look forward to this. Thank you all, Rob and Kay, for being here in the studio. I appreciate you. Thank you for being here. Kay, do you wanna go ahead and introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself, and then also about what you do here. Hello, everyone. My name is Kay Ogilvy, and I am the Cybersecurity Program Coordinator here at Blue Ridge CTC. And Joel, thank you so much for having us here for Cybersecurity Awareness Month. <laughs> You're so welcome. I figured it's perfect time to do this. Perfect time to do this. There's never a bad time to talk about cybersecurity. That, that's very true. I'm glad that they have a month for it. Um, you know, sometimes people think, oh, this is only what happens to your grandma when she gets an accidental email and downloads something. But people get affected by this every single day. It, it, it does not discriminate. Uh, you just have to be ready and uh, prepared for it. So thank you all for being here. Okay, do you want to tell a little bit about what you do here at Blue Ridge? Uh, yes, um, like I was saying, I'm the cybersecurity program coordinator, and uh, cyber is one of my passions. I love cyber, um, I, I, especially when you, you read the newspapers. Cyber is in the paper every day. It is something that is very prominent in today's world. Protecting people's identities is, yeah. is a huge yeah. issue right now. Um, between all the viruses, the ransomware, the the scams that are going on onlines, yeah. um, this uh, and and the fact that there's so so many jobs that are becoming available in the cyber field, um, yeah. that is that is something that we are, we are very aware of. And we are excited to, to talk to you guys about it today. Yeah, especially since now so much of your identity is on your cell phone. It is on your computer. You can find just about everything you ever wanted to know and more about someone if you found out their identity through their, their cell phone. So uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing more about this. I think I do an okay job, but I know there's probably things that I'm missing out on and um, with some of these things. But Rob, thanks for being here as well. Do you want to tell a little bit about what you do here at Blue Ridge and what you do otherwise yeah yeah thanks unlike Kay, i am uh i don't just love cybersecurity, but i love computers in general uh you can't see me right now but if you look up uh, nerd in the dictionary there's a picture of me under there um so i'm an adjunct at blue ridge and i primarily teach in Kay's program doing the digital forensics um, and uh, digital analysis courses uh, it used to be computer forensics and we'll talk a little bit more about why that changed um and I also teach in the IT uh, program, uh, doing uh, cloud and virtualization and server management primarily. Uh, pretty much uh, just teach whatever anybody needs. So, uh, you know, anything can be, if it's got a wire coming out of it, I like talking about it. So That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, for my, uh, and that's my, you know, evening job, my day job, I'm a special right. agent with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service uh, doing uh, internal affairs. 
Uh, so, you know, we, uh, we police the police and other, other duties as assigned. Uh, and primarily my, my job there is also digital forensics and cybersecurity. Um, so I'm not only analyzing all the computers that come in for cases, but also uh, any cases that come in where we have to look at something like time and attendance records or uh, network logs or anything like that, you know, it usually falls into my lap. And also, if your computer doesn't work, you get to come to Rob and say, hey, my computer's not working. <laughs> Can you fix the email on my phone? Anything yeah. like that. So, Oh, yeah. Well, I, I like to tell the world that uh, Rob has more initials after his name than anybody I know. It's like alphabet <laughs> soup. That's awesome. Well, th this is great for, for both of you. Obviously, uh, know uh, an exorbitant amount about this subject. What are some of the threats or things that if someone just says cybersecurity, that is a big uh, overtaking word. What are some of the threats or things that people might have to deal with? on a regular basis that are just going to their normal jobs or working from home now? Um, what are some things that they might have to deal with on a regular basis? Well, um, I believe that uh, the, some of the things they have to deal with it would be scams. I mm -hmm. mean, the viruses. Um, when you go to work, uh, the how does a how does a hacker get into the the network? How does it get right, into it? Right. I mean, the the user is the weakest link. Really, because if the user opens an email that they shouldn't open yeah. or they click on a link or they click on an attachment, you you as as a as an employee of, of a company, you, as part of your routine um, business environment, your work environment, you're constantly getting all these emails. Right. So how do you figure out what's real and what's not and what's fake and what to click on, and what not to click on? Right. It's um, it's really complicated. So. I, feel, I feel like we're getting uh, uh, about an email a week at least from Mike from IT saying, hey, don't open that email. <laughs> and somebody's like, oh, really? There's a new thing for HR? I'll click that. And you're like, no. <laughs> don't click that don't link. Don't click that link. <laughs> you mean Amazon or I mean, HR didn't want me to get Amazon right, cards right, from them right. or Google cards. Oh, my goodness. There's been so one, and they're getting really, really good about the links looking exactly like they would, uh -huh. but just like one underscore or one letter off. Um, what do you think are some ways that you might be able to protect yourself against these scam emails then? Well, I mean, so I want to back up just a second. So we're talking primarily about scam emails right now. And like you mentioned, one character off the typo squatting stuff. So yeah. the other problem is it's evolving. Mm -hmm. So it's no longer an email. Now, how many phishing uh, text messages do you get? Yeah, a lot. We're yeah. getting a lot of the smishing, right? The SMS phishing. And then uh, we get a lot of the uh, scam calls. So it's no longer just email. Sometimes we're getting calls now. And yeah. like you said, they make a very, they do a very good job of acting like they're the real company. And you made, you made the joke before we started, you know, this isn't just your grandma right. getting, getting taken anymore, <laughs> but you know, it's not just your grandmother anymore. They're, they're good enough now. You know, you used to listen for a thick accent or something, but yeah. they mask that now. Well, the, the, how many email, I mean, how many phone calls have you gotten that say, I'd like to talk to you about your car's extended warranty. I'm like, no, <laughs> it's not real. <laughs> I feel like I get one and they figure out your local area code and call you with your local number. So it seems like, oh, this could be my insurance company. But then you look up the number and it's just like some connected to some weird company and you're like, wait a minute, this doesn't seem right, you know? <laughs> right, and, uh, you know, the trick is to always question. So, so Rob, you mentioned something um, that for the uninitiated might not know, what is fishing? We're not talking about going out to the creek and catching some crawdads 
um, or, you know, catching some bass, what would fishing be? So you may not be familiar with the term fishing, but you're probably familiar with the Nigerian prince scam, right? right? Where we get an email and they say, hey, uh, you know, I've I've got a million dollars and I just need you to send me 2000 so I can take care of the paperwork and then... I'll share half of it with so you. So then he can uh, wire that to your bank, right? Yeah, yeah. And they're just going to wire it to your bank, and then you're going to take out the money, and then guess who's left holding the bag, right? So you're responsible for the overdraw. But that is phishing. Getting you to do something with the pretext that it is a real thing that you that you need to do. And usually, uh, actually, Kay, you, you know, you want to talk about uh, how they get us to click the links? kind of the kind of tactics they might use well social media is is one of the things i mean they're they're um social engineering you all the time what they're doing is they're they're doing research on you they're doing reconnaissance on you (laughs) to try to figure out what it is that you like to do okay the targeted ads the targeted ads say Kay ogilvy likes to play golf all right so they they find out that i like to play golf so the next thing they do is they're going to send me an email they're going to offer me a set of pings or something at a reduced rate and what i'm going to do is i'm going to really and then i'm going to click on that link and then a virus is going to download onto my computer so they're constantly doing reconnaissance and that's why i tell people to please 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 be careful about what you're putting out there on social media yeah don't don't tell anybody, oh, I'm going to the beach next week. Um, I'm going to be out of the office, um, out of town from from Monday to Friday, and um, I'm going to be enjoying the beach with all my friends. Yeah, and, and don't, don't broadcast that. Don't broadcast that because what they're going to do is they're going to research you and do the reconnaissance on you, and they're going to determine where you live, and yeah. they're, they're going to come rob you. I, one of the things I, I, I cringe a little bit when I see all the time is when people put up the little um, pictures with their kids, their first day of kindergarten at the school, how old they are, mm-hmm. their favorite color, like all this information about them. They might as well put their social security number up there because I feel like anyone that would know where the school is, you know, there's all this information that you're giving people, um, which doesn't, is not great. So, um, you know, and on the same note there, Having all that information out there is not just bad for your children. How many times do you think someone uses their child's password or their birthday, or sorry, yeah. not their password, their their name or their birthday or their school right. or their pet's name yep. in their password? Or even the recovery questions. Right. So it'll be like, what's my son's birthday? And that will be the recovery question. Well, you gave it to them last week when you showed them that they were, you know, at their birthday party. Um, yeah, those types of things are, are definitely um, are so often uh, on the Internet and being very extra vigilant to, to notice those things. What, what are some other uh, potential threats that you've seen um, that you could warn people about? Well, you know, on uh, what Kay's example there, you know, they're going to send her the, the set of golf clubs. How many times have you seen they're going to send you a set of golf clubs, but this is the last one, you better hurry, right? They use that sense of urgency the to get you to do urgency. something. Yeah. Or your password's going to expire. You're going to lose all this money. Hurry, hurry, hurry. And that's one of that's another tactic that they use to get you to click those links. Yeah. Um, of a sale. I mean, if you if you don't react today, you're you're not going to be able. It, it's not going to be here tomorrow. It's got to right. be done right now. And um, so that's 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 one of the things that they they do. Some of the newer uh, threats you might you know, you're hearing about is going to be things like ransomware. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, ransomware is real hot in the news. You click the link and no longer is it just stealing your credentials or stealing your identity. Now it's, we're going to encrypt your computer and you need to send us X amount of money or we're never going to give you your files back, right? Right. And that is a big deal, especially for businesses 
that actually have data that matters. You know, right. if someone tries to encrypt my computer, I don't really care. I have a few pictures that might that I might lose, right? But someone in a business gets their data encrypted in the server. Yeah. You know, that's uh that's a big problem. Then you send them the money and maybe they're really gonna give you the decryption key, right? Right. Maybe not. And and sometimes those are as simple as like literally deleting something and it's just a pop-up on your screen and, and there's levels to these because i i've seen them personally where they're like oh we're holding out your computer you can't do anything when it's just a locked window that won't close itself and, and you just have to delete the file but it, it, if someone that's uninitiated or not know about this might have accidentally clicked on it and then they're locked when they could just you know get rid of it um are there any other ways that you might be able to avoid this type of situation or what would you suggest might be the best thing to do if you accidentally click on one of these ransomware links uh well you know uh, the first thing is when you see that pop up there's also sometimes a number that you can call for support quote support right uh and then that call is then the scam call that you would have gotten otherwise right right so the first thing is don't trust anything you see when you see a red flashing virus sign, you've got yep. a problem. Don't trust it. Right. Get an expert, find out what's going on. Yeah. And when I say expert, it's not your neighbor's kid that is in middle school and right. uses my, or not MySpace. How old am I? <laughs> uses, uh, you know, plays Roblox or Minecraft every day. Right. It's, it's someone who, who does cybersecurity like K or something, you know? Right. And I have a friend who actually did click on a link one time. And uh, the a pop up, a big pop up says, and it was, and it was the, the um, there was a sound on it says, please call, you got to call, and and the screen locked, and, and it wouldn't, the computer wouldn't shut up. So I mean, that's what he told me. Call he now. said, he call said, now, call now, yeah. call now, he, and he couldn't figure out how to get it to shut up. So he called the number, and he answered their questions, and I said, no, you didn't do that, did you? And um, then I said, you know, all you would have had to have done was turn the volume down on the computer. Right. That would have gotten him. That would have at least started, you know, started the process. Don't make those phone calls. Oh, man. And then they're going to do everything they, they possibly can to make you think that, you know, you're the problem. You did something wrong. And then you need to, um, you know, you fix it. And for an easy, wow, it's really convenient, Rob, that this nineteen ninety nine dollars a month that I can sign up for is going to protect me now from now on, right? Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Especially those monthly services that they can get you to sign up for. I've seen ones that say, oh, we can remotely make your computer faster. Yes. That's oh. For a $20 a month. Uh, if you download this software, your computer is going to run faster. And it they might literally bring something up and they'll use, I guess, like the um, uh, controlling software that if you give them your, your information, they can log in. They're like, oh, look, it's moving faster. And right. they're actually working your computer for you. And they're like, wow, this is amazing. Uh, and then they have access to all your personal files, first off. And then second off, you're paying a credit card, a monthly fee uh, for them to, to do this. And it's not helping you. If anything, it's, it's obviously... Uh, worse for you. <laughs> oh, please be careful who you're given remote access to yes. on your computers. Yes, yes. Yeah, you're right. You're perfectly. It's, it's, don't trust anyone when they say that kind of stuff. Do not ever let anyone in your computer. Yeah. Watch what you're posting on social media. Yeah. Don't click any links that you don't expect. If it sounds too good to be true, I always tell my students this, if it sounds unreal, yeah, it's probably not real. Yeah. You can always, um, yeah, something I, I've done is like right click a link 
and copy link and like put it in a word editor. And, and cause sometimes the way they have the hyperlink set up, you can't actually see the link right away or it might be knocked off, you know, put it somewhere that you can see the full link and then you realize they misspelled something or, or something doesn't look right. You're like, that's not the actual Amazon link. That's Amazon, you know, or something like that. And they're trying to get you uh, to buy a gift card for them or add something to your account. Cause your account's unbalanced. Um, do you have any other general things that somebody that's uninitiated uh, might step into to protect themselves. Well, it's always, you know, the same old stuff. Use a strong password. Although oh, yeah. that, the idea of a strong password is even changing yes. now. You know, it used to be uppercase, lowercase, 12 characters, symbol, number. Yeah. But now it is, we want to use a series of words separated by spaces that we can remember. <laughs> right. So you're not putting it under your keyboard, right? Right. Don't ever share your password with anybody. But strong password, um, it can ensure that we have two-factor authentication turned on. Mm, yeah, you that's know, huge. We, uh, I don't know if you know about the pipeline attack, uh, the colonial pipeline attack that happened. No. How long ago was it? Last year, wasn't Last it? Last year. Oh, it was. Yes, yeah. I did yeah. hear about that. It turned down a whole pipeline because they yeah. got oh, hacked. Yeah. So one of my students uh, turned me on to an interview that was done, and the, and the lady in the interview said, had they turned on two-factor authentication, that might have been avoided. And when we're talking about two-factor authentication, for those who don't understand, is have a text message sent to your phone. Mm-hmm. or have a call sent to your phone that yeah. gives you a code that you enter on top of your password or something that you do on top of your password so that if someone gets your password, they can't get access to your account. That second step for them to be able to right. get to your account. Because it, 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 there could be some way that they get the password, but then it's going to send a text message to Kay saying, hey, did you just log into Amazon in, uh, you know, uh, somewhere in Alabama and be like, Mm, no, I did not. You know, like wherever it is in the world, you know that that's now it's, and they're getting better at, at helping you with that um, and making it pushing the two factor authentication, which I appreciate for a lot of apps, but not all of them, you know, kind of have it integrated so well. But things like Amazon and Google and Apple, I think, do a good job about saying, like, you should really sign up for it. And your financial institutions now are, 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 are doing a really, really good job on two factor authentication. Yeah. And let's, let's be honest, it's a pain. Yeah, it is. Oh. It can be. But I tell you, identity theft, dealing with identity theft is a bigger pain wow, than you ever want to deal with. Oh, man. Take the two seconds to enter the extra code. Oh, f- for sure. Well, I, once your identity is stolen, it's, it's very hard to prove that you, you actually didn't do the, what they're the saying that, you, that did, you did. Right. And you have to prove that you didn't do it. And it takes hours and hours and hours and hours to 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 get your identity back and to to get those charges um relinquished from your accounts yeah uh, well any other uh, other statements or, or thoughts about um uh, things you can do to protect yourself on the internet before we move along uh, well you could use a vpn that's yeah. uh that's actually becoming you know it used to be a thing a vpn was something that someone at a you know, three-letter agency used to connect to their work uh, remotely in, in, the, in the 90s, right? Yeah. But now VPN, I can go out and buy a VPN tomorrow that I can yeah. use on my home computer. Something like uh, Norton VPN yeah. or Nord VPN uh, are two big players in the game. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, I caution any listeners uh, that they're not all created equal. Right. And they don't always hide your data as well yes. as they claim. Uh, but I know that Norton and Nord are pretty good. It's not an endorsement, but they, I know that they're pretty good right. uh, software. And, and this is a very practical, silly thing, 
but I've seen um, people that are advertising them. They're like, well, you know, you can put your VPN in Europe and be able to watch the Netflix in Europe if a show is on uh, the European Netflix, but not here in America, which I think is hilarious. Like they, they think that is a really good way to try to get people to sign up for VPNs. But hey, whatever makes people, you know, be more safe and secure on the Internet. I'm OK with that. But and, and it's really funny when I say they're not all created equal. That is the situation in which you may find that they're not all created equal. If Netflix detects that the traffic drops even for just a second right. and you're in the United States again, they might ban your account. So right. be careful about using the VPN <laughs> yeah, for right. that purpose. Yeah, yeah. There's um yeah, there's all there's all kinds of interesting things with that. Well, awesome. One more thing. Um make sure that when you're entering your, your password or not your password, but your credit card number yeah. online, yeah. Uh, make sure that you um Use sites that have HTTPS. Right. Uh, make protected. sure they're they're secured and they're locked. And, and most browsers, it's like the top left or the top right, the little lock on the screen. The right? lock on the screen. That shows that it is actually not just a normal HTML link, but um, that protected. And not just the lock. Make sure you look for the HTTPS because I can put a lock on my website. Yeah. And it may yeah. look like the real thing, but if it's not HTTPS, it's not encrypted. Yes, right. it's got to be HTTPS. Yeah, so that's very good to know. And um, just be careful with, with some of those things. Well, thank you all so much for sharing some of those ways to be protected and what to look out for. If, if someone is interested in learning more about cybersecurity or potentially um, a career in cybersecurity, what kind of things do we have offered here at Blue Ridge? Well, we have a cybersecurity program right now. And we're really excited about it. We have just recently recertified as the Center of Cybersecurity Excellence. Yay. Um, basically, that means that the NSA has approved our program. Awesome. And um, as, as um, being one of the, the top level programs. And um, we've got all the parameters within our, our program that people are looking for, that the government is looking for, that uh, employers are, are needed in today's world. Um, we have all kinds of classes. Um, we've got our uh, intro to cyber class. We've, we, as part of our cybersecurity program, our students are actually um, sit for their Security Plus certification at the, at the end of their, their uh, two-year program. Yeah, that's a um, big deal. That is a really big deal. Um, we have a class. Uh, we have several classes. They've got their intro to cyber class. Then they've got their security plus class. And then they've got the practicum class that they actually study for the, the exam. With that, We go through all the, the test banks and we prep them. And the last thing they do in that class is they take their sec plus. Um, plus, we also have boot camps. Um, for their their security plus um, boot camps and and Rob actually here is one of our our instructors of the boot camp and would you like to share some information about that? Yeah, um, so I mean the boot camp uh, when you look at the security plus class you do that over what sixteen weeks? Sixteen weeks. So the idea of the boot camp is we're we're compressing that into half the time. So uh, usually six to seven weeks. Um, we're going to cover all the material that you would cover in that class with the intent that uh, I'm not teaching you necessarily cybersecurity. I'm teaching you getting ready for that test yeah. or getting ready for that exam yeah. uh, because I find that it's often not a knowledge barrier. It is often uh, not preparing for the test well, yeah. not being prepared for what they might see. Yeah. So I kind of try to show them this is the structure of the questions you might see. Uh, this is how things look. Um, they have practical questions in top CompTIA exams that are 
that always take people by surprise. Yeah. Uh, the first four questions and they eat up the time. So we're like, skip those questions, do the rest of them, come back. And here's what you might see. Here's the kind of things you might see. Yeah. Uh, when we're talking about these practical questions. So, uh, I mean, that's really, it, it's really just a compressed version of that class. And we give, like Rob was saying, we give test-taking tips. I mean, the yeah. tips, you know, like um, like he was just talking about the, the practical test uh, questions. I mean, you go in and you look at these things, and there are four or five of them, and they could chew up the entire 90 minutes of an exam because it just you, you're not ex- ex- expecting them. Yeah. So um, so another thing that our students do in one of our classes, they, they participate in a National Cyber League competition. So the students really have a lot of fun with that. Um, a couple of the other classes that we have is I just released a new cyber crimes and cyber criminals class this semester. Um, I'll be really interested in to hear what the students are, the feedback on what the students are, are saying. And they seem to be all enjoying it. Um, and in that class, um, it, it, it works very well with uh, Rob's um digital forensics and computer forensics classes that he has built. Uh, there are two of them. And, and one kind of builds on top of the other one. Um, we, we, in my class, we introduce the, the acts and the theories of cyber criminals and cyber terrorism. And, um, you know, and then in Rob's class, he gets into the uh, how you find and, and investigate these, these acts that once they get into your system, um, you know, we get into money laundering, we get into child pornography, identity theft, uh, botnets, um, misinformation, disinformation, uh, you know, political um, regimes, um, you know, what what's going on right now in, in Ukraine and, and Russia and, and different things like that. So, Rob, you want to share a little information about um, your your investigations of it? Yeah, so, um, well, which piece were you talking about? You want to talk about the classes or you want to talk about the actual investigations? Oh, the, the, the class at first. Okay. Uh, so, uh, as I mentioned before, we, we had this computer forensics class when I came to Blue Ridge, and it was 16 weeks of uh, me uh, using a fire hose to shoot all the information at the students. There's so many different fields of digital forensics. You know, we have the computer forensics, which was the old, I'm going to look at your computer or your laptop. We got the mobile devices, which are big, uh, and a lot of the time now we're seeing in the field, you're going to see a lot more mobile devices even than you will computers. Uh, but we also have the Internet of Things. So those aren't familiar with the Internet of Things, there's a whole cadre of cybersecurity and digital forensics based on wearables, you know, watches, uh, your cars. There's, there's a whole field of vehicle forensics. So 16 weeks for me to cover all that was nearly impossible. So what we did, we split it up into digital investigations and digital analysis. And the digital investigations, we're looking at, like Kay said, what is the intent of these crimes? How do we start the investigation? What are the steps? When I come into a crime scene, what do I touch? What do I not touch? How do I handle encryption? How do I take a disk from a computer and get an image of it or an acquisition of it? Uh, and then we handle a little bit of mobile phones in that course as well. And we talk about open source intelligence. So open source intelligence, if you're not familiar with that term, uh, how do we go out on the internet and find things like Kay was talking about, you were talking about earlier with your, uh, with the kids information online, right? How do I use that against the bad guy? Right. What can I find out about them online? Um, through either their social media, court records, tax records, whatever. 
Uh, and then in the digital analysis class, we take all that stuff that we learned in that first class, and then we really deep down and get into Windows and Linux and Mac, and we say, what does a file system look like, and what are all the hexadecimal numbers, and what do they mean, yeah, and how do I get the evidence out? Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, but splitting that up into two 16-week courses instead of cramming everything into one 16-week course really uh, it makes it much more enjoyable. Right. It opens up a lot of opportunities. Lot, yeah, they get a lot more out of it. Well, wonderful. I appreciate you both being here, and thanks so much for illuminating Cybersecurity Awareness Month here for us. I think this has been a lot of really great information for what are some threats that people have to look for, what are some ways to protect ourselves, and then how they might be able to find um, and learn more here at Blue Ridge. Do you have any final thoughts or things that you want to mention before you all head out here? Uh, I have one, um, and I tell this to my students every semester. Uh if you like cybersecurity, that's great, but don't just stick with cybersecurity. Learn a little bit about hardware. Learn a little bit about networking. Learn a little bit about uh, programming because you might be a cybersecurity person, but you might do malware analysis. And if you know about software development, that makes that job much easier. It gives you another avenue. Yeah. Um, so don't, you know, don't just rat hole yourself just into cybersecurity. Expand your horizons a little bit. There's so much overlap between our various programs here, between the software development and the in information technology and the networking and, and cyber programs. All of them overlap. And our, our advisory board, um, we have an advisory board we meet with, and they want our students to come out of Blue Ridge with a degree that, that is, has software development in it, and it also has cloud computing in it. Um, uh, actually, we just added those two classes to the cyber program in the last year. Um, starting in the last year, we added the software development because our, our employers wanted to see our, our students coming out with those skill sets. And if, if you know how to code, then that makes you a better cybersecurity analyst. Um, yeah, right. So if you know all different areas of it. And not even, you don't even have to be a good programmer, but if you can write scripts, that makes you a better cybersecurity analyst or a pen tester. Just being able to extend your tools or do things with scripting like Python. Yeah. That's really important. That's and, awesome. And I went to a seminar one time. It was called, um, you know, there's World War III in my IT department. <laughs> and it was, it, was, it was kind of set on a, a situation where you have the, so many different um, job titles or jobs within a department right. that if everybody's not on the same page, everybody doesn't understand what everybody else is doing, then it creates friction within the department. Right. So if you have a little bit of knowledge on, a little, on everything, then it makes you a better employee. That's awesome. Well, thank you all both again for, for joining us and thanks for listening at home. This has been Tech Center Tuesday. I'm your host, Joel, and I'm joined by Rob and Kay. Thank you all for listening. This is a Blue Ridge Community and Technical College podcast. Hope you have an incredible day.